Hello, it's your Aunt Pat. And uh, before today's episode, I want to remind you to vote. Hello, you ding dong. It's super important. The election is coming up so fast. It's going to be here before you even know it. It's like Christmas. It just creeps up. So do yourself a favor. Go to vote.org, V-O-T-E dot O-R-G. That's a website, of course. That's where everything, they keep everything at websites now. But go to vote.org, check your registration, register to vote by mail so you don't have to stand in line. Another line, can you even believe it? Go to vote.org, do all the good work, all the good work for your nieces and nephews and your aunts and your your funkles. And if you're wondering where Aunt Mags is, she's in there now. She's deeply ensconced in vote.org. Oh my God, I'm worried about her. I'm going to actually go check on her. So vote.org, make sure you register to vote. Vote like your life depends on it, you ding-dongs, because it does. And Aunt Pat, two best friends who love to chat. Oh, what it's like to be an ant. Those who ant, those who ant. Hello, and welcome to Those Who Ant, the podcast for people who want to see the world through ant-colored glasses. I am Auntie Mags. I'm Aunt Pat. And why does the world, when they see me coming, say, no, thank you? Uh, you do you want to elaborate? Because I don't agree, but I'd love to hear more of your perspective. I had applied to be a poll worker because all that I heard about was, please work the polls. Uh, because uh, it's going to kill all these people. It's nearly a crypt already. It's already, all the polling places seem like just open crypts. And I say that with love in my heart. I applied to be a poll worker, and I was rejected. Okay, what did they say? What was the reason they gave you? Because I disagree. They said it's not a good fit. Why? What was the? Walk me through the interview process, please. They I, they Googled me, and of course, as we've talked about in the past, I didn't know what I was doing, and they said that you consider yourself an incel and a number of other things, and they said that it wasn't going to work out. But I'm going to still try to go and and work. Okay. Did you explain to them the misunderstanding about you being an incel that was just, that was a very temporary way that you were referring to yourself and we talked through it and you know now that you're not an incel. I told them I'm not an incel. I am sexless and it was a mistake and I am trying to change that username. And meanwhile, I'm talking, they're practically bolting away from me in the opposite direction as I'm telling the story. First of all, I have a hard time believing that any of those old people who work in the polls know what an incel is. This to me sounds like there's something more to it. No, this was the one young person. They were so young and I could just see the glaze coming over as I'm trying to explain myself. And they're thinking, oh, oh, oh. Hmm. I had been looking forward to it because I thought I know all the snacks to bring. I'll bring a little radio. We're going to make a real day out of it. Oh, that would be so much fun. If there was music playing in there, especially good music, I would love it. Because I feel like there's so much thinking that goes on. And you know what? Maybe bring a little feeling into the room with some, with some mood music. When I voted for Barack Obama, number 44... I waited in a line that went around the building and around the block, and there was a full gospel choir that sang in the line. And I thought, finally, I was excited about the process. And you know what? No, thank you, said the universe. No, you're not going to get that kind of vibe, you know, voting for Mike Dukakis. That kind of vibe comes with somebody who's pure of heart and who's a good man. Oh, 
Someone talking about Dukakis in here. Oh my god! I didn't want to get pissed off, but I guess I'm gonna have to. Wait, wait, what's gonna piss you? First of all, everybody, hi, welcome to the the podcast. Our amazing friend, and you know, get ready, prepare yourself because this is like meeting a beautiful piece of sandpaper. Ah, uh, save it. All right, we will sa- save it for later, Max. No, actually, go back, go back. What was it? Beautiful sandpaper in what way? In the way that you are helpful, you are necessary, Okay. perfect, you are useful, and a little abrasive, you know. Actually, that's 100% me. Thank you. Megs, when you're right, you're right. And when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I won't be too scared to say that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, mostly ladies, however you identify, please welcome to the podcast, Aunt Scoops. How you doing? Good to be on the radio show. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What else do I got going on? Oh, well, um, you started to talk about Dukakis there, Scoobs. What's your um, what's your feelings about Michael Dukakis? That's a good man. That's a good man. You just look at him and you say he would never walk out on his kids. He would never leave and not come back. He would never borrow a car and take it into a lake. That guy is solid gold. Some people say boring. I say, then bring it on. I guess I'm a boring fiend. Okay, now let's run it back a little bit to those examples you gave of what makes Mike Dukakis a good man. Now, a lot of those were personal to you. I'm talking about Randy. I'm talking about Randy. Yeah. Uh, you know, take us back to the car in the lake, would you? Randy says he's going to play cards with the guys. Sure, go ahead. I don't give a whoop. Then he's calling me saying that the Buick's in the lake. And I said, how to get there? And how did this thong pantyhose get here? <gasps> hold the phone. Pick It's ringing. Pick it up and then just hold it. Did you say thong pantyhose? I had never seen anything like it. It just showed me what caliber of woman we were talking about. I was blown away. Here, I thought Randy was a junky guy who couldn't get nobody. Then I see these red thong pantyhose, and I'm like, okay, well, I didn't stand a chance. Now, are we saying that thong pantyhose is sexy? I'm trying to figure it out because, in my mind, it's confusing. Take us through it. Take us through it. Because are these sexy? I don't even, am I that far out of the game? Are these sexy? Okay. Wow. Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, it's it's sheer, both but both colored, uh, and it's got it's it's got the top band, top band across. Then it goes down into a sweetheart neckline, but it's through the crack. It gets thin. It wraps it back round, but it's it's a it's a just a line. There's no panty to it. It's just a line. Then it attaches to the top. And then from the top, you got the leg, uh, the, the pantyhose. Oh, God, one of my junky dogs is barking again. Hold on. What do you want? Get in here. Get in here. In or out? In or friggin' out? Ah, oh, crapola. All right. I'll leave it halfway. Oh, God, my junky dogs. That sounds, um, that pantyhose sounds like it might be medical, like a procedure had gotten done and then to keep um, your business together. Wait, like a vaginal mesh? Yeah. Is that what a vaginal mesh is, is um, thong pantyhose? It should be if it's not. I mean, what do I know about thong pantyhose? What do I know about thongs at all? As you know, I'm a brief girl all the way. 
Uh, were the pantyhose found in the submerged Buick, or did you find them elsewhere? Was it pre-underwater? Was it post? It was pre and post. Gail's. I saw it when I was cleaning out his like uh, his glove compartment. He put some like a lot of banana peels in there. So at the end of the week, I clean them out. I look, I see these thong pantyhose. I don't want to believe it. I want to I want to think I saw some but that I didn't see. Then after when we're recovering the car, I see uh oh, there's those damn thong pantyhose again. I got to face the facts. I mean, this is like, you know, oh, God, this is like Chappaquiddick. <laughs> like the pantyhose are like that poor girl, uh-huh. that Ted Kennedy. Uh-huh. I mean, God bless. You know, you got to give the Kennedys a little bit of length of rope there because they're doing their best, you know, Camelot and such. But Chap- this sounds like Chappaquiddick. And he left him in there. And I can just imagine the pantyhose trying, searching for air, you know, an air bubble. And then they just ran out. Yeah. Now, in this instance, the, the metaphor is so good that it actually works two ways. Right. Because Randy is clearly Ted Kennedy. The yep. pantyhose are clearly that woman, God rest her soul, whose name I do not know, who died at Chappaquiddick. Yep. But also the woman who died at Chappaquiddick is your relationship. Oh, boy. Was this a separate pair of thong pantyhose? And also, may I ask, what was he putting banana peels in the glove box for? He said it looked junky on the outside. And boy, boy, if that didn't describe our relationship, just hide away the junk, then it'll look decent. But what's inside? Rotting banana peels. So I guess it's all right that he didn't come back. But I also do want to congratulate him on his big, uh, his big win, the uh, volleyball team. So Now, this is a men's indoor rec? That's the men's indoor, yeah. And uh, congrats, I guess, to his new floozy, Sue Digg. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, her name's Sue Digg. Unbelievable volleyball player. Now, I, is that a nickname? Because Dig is a, a volleyball move. Exactly. It's as if my name was Scoob Spike. <gasps> that's more badass. Well, I don't know. All I know is that uh, that's the gal that he was looking for. So, uh, okay, whatever. Now, this athletic woman is the same woman who was wearing thong pants. You have to assume. Megs, you have to assume. A gal like that? Oh, God. 6'3", all legs? Ah, uh, you got to assume. If I, if I put those pantyhose on, I'd blast them out from the sides, but then they'd still be too long. What am I going to do? That's an amazing thing, too, when you think about how pantyhose are sized, right? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but they go by height and weight. So it's like you could be a Q because you're a certain weight or because you're tall, right? Exactly. Which doesn't make sense. The sizing chart was made by the same man probably who made them. You know, and this man wanted um, women's legs to burn, all the skin to come off. You know, if you're in a fire, you got to take off pantyhose right away because they will burn all the skin off your legs. It's like you're trapped in your own um, hellscape. You know what else? Always, this is a tip for you guys because I care about you more than anything, but also everybody who's listening, before you buy pajamas or sheets, Take a little gander and see if they are highly flammable because, or lingerie because so much of the stuff that we buy to sleep in or to wear as underwear or to wear to use as bed linens is extremely flammable. So make sure you're looking it up. 
The world hates women and wishes a little bit that we would all catch on fire just a little bit. Keep us in and our place. I know that's right. I know that's right. Here's, here's what I want to ask you. Did you all become part of the uh, Sketches Crave, Craze, Crave Case? The, uh, you know, when you, uh, you know, they had those shoes that when you walked, it would supposedly make your ass look better. Oh, the shit talking about? Shape ups. Shape ups. Then again, I got those uh, knockoff ones. So those were called Deltones. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it didn't those uh, th- th- those Deltones came out after the original shoe had been there for quite some time. Yeah, people people love the original shoe. The the Deltones were hard to walk in, and it was hard to watch people walk in them. <laughs> so they were very harmful to your actual legs. They were not good for your legs at all. That they was- knocked the queef out of you. They were the angle was such that it made you queef. And it wasn't just, it was pushing air in there. It made the angle of your hip change. So for women, you were getting more air in your labia and queef, queef, queef. Not a pound lost. But Pat, I got to say, your calves looked amazing. I know it worked out the front of your calves. So it was like the little bulbous spot was in the front. But nonetheless, uh, your calves. But also I remember around that time, yes, I remember the queefing, but you would wear those skirts that would be the shorts and the skirt. So you're not a, uh, you got a couple of layers there. But, you know, it was those skirts that they discontinued because the dress part was in the back and the shorts were in the front. So it looked like a cape for your ass. And what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? I really liked it because you really couldn't tell what was happening back there. It was, you know, I'm always trying to dress not for success, but to second guess. What's happening? I like clothes that don't even have the capability of touching my skin. So loose. I love calf tans. Now, I, I am with you 100% because I, there's something so magical to me about having it feel like a cape. That to me, that says, you know what that says? Your ass is a hero. And it is. Okay. It is. Every woman's ass is a hero because it has been through hell. And nobody Scream wants to scream it. Yeah. Scream it, Mags. They say I walk around with a cape on my ass is what the new song should be. I'm telling you what, uh, my ass has been through so friggin' much. As you know, I use it mostly for closing doors. And God, oh, God forbid. God forbid anybody has to use their ass the way I have in the past. I don't know that I could name one specific purpose for mine the way you just did. And I think that's awe inspiring because I wouldn't be able to say, oh, my ass does this or that. I just imagine that it's there and I regret it. So the fact that you can give yours a task, that's beautiful. Oh yeah. God gave me this ass to do his will. And I do know that, um, you know, a lot of times in the summertime, the neighborhood kids would get bored. So what I do, I invite them all over. I turn on the sprinkler they run at me and I just bounce them off, bounce them off. They come at me and I bounce them off. That will do it for hours. These kids will come. Their parents will give me envelopes of cash the next day. Thank you so much. My kids slept in all night. It's un- unbelievable. What else does my ass do? Oh, <laughs> do you remember when we used to have the state fair? 
Yeah, of course. And we'd have the uh, pumpkin event where uh, each uh, team had to bust open a pumpkin. And uh, everyone thinks it's the big pumpkin that's hard to bust, but it's actually the small ones, the mini gourds. And I would just tighten my cheeks and let it rip. Ah, oh, my junkie dog again. Damn it. Come on, get in here. Get in here. Ah, gee. Anyway, I did the mini gourd. I won it one year, and it's by sitting on it as hard as you can. Okay, couple of things. Number one, I feel like I remember you telling me when people would give you envelopes of cash to let their kids bounce right off your ass, which... That's such a fun, you know, what do we call it, a side hustle? I've heard people say that. I think that's a very fun way to do it because you're bringing joy. What were you raking in? You know, that's private. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I, uh, just for tax purposes, I cannot disclose. Oh, smart. But, uh, I've heard one could make uh, upwards of 10K. I love your neighborhood. If I tried to move kids with my ass in my neighborhood, I'd be in prison. You live in such a fun neighborhood that is, I feel it's like a throwback to another time. I live in, it's all Karens and uh, Bryans. Mm-mm. Now, you could have been Mm-mm. making a ton of money, Pat, because remember when your rear came in, people were calling you Thunderbuns. And you could have been making so much money off of this thing. Yeah, beep, beep, here comes the paddy wagon. Right. I I only wish, but yeah, I, I, I just want to say that I think that your neighborhood is so fun. When we've been over there before hanging out and everyone's, everyone knows everybody and they're talking in my neighborhood, no eye contact, no hello, do things that no one knows about and, mm. and you know, all that. It's a, whew, it's a mess. No, I remember your neighborhood, Pat. Uh, I drove the Buick after the accident, probably shouldn't have done that, uh, but I did. Boy, your neighbors were just looking out the window like, who's this gal? You know, in my neighborhood, if you rolled up, somebody would have been like, come in, have a lemonade. You know, Someone brought me a slice of pizza one time because my window was rolled down. I was looking for your house number yeah. and I was going so slow that someone came up. They said like a piece of pizza and they tossed it right in the car. And I thought I did want a piece of pizza because my blood sugar was getting low. <sighs> and they just said, we got too much. They yelled it. We got too much. Yep. Yep. If you stayed longer, they'd say fix a plate. They they love they love new friends. That's gorgeous. That's such a beautiful thing. Also, I want to say kudos to you because I know for a fact that you had that Buick removed from the lake. You let it dry out, and then you rebuilt the engine by yourself. And that is amazing. And you know, does it make noises? Yeah. Does it stink every time I drive it? Yeah, it does. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd rather have a car smell like um, maybe a dried out lake rather than a thong pantyhose and rotten bananas. Thank you. I do want to admit that I I kept those thong pantyhose. I kept Uh, those thong pantyhose. I'm so sorry. I should have said uh, that. That's not anything to apologize to us for, but I would really like to know why you did that. Yeah, you gotta tell us why. Well, at first it was, I'm gonna be honest, it was, at first it was a way to punish myself. To say, uh, you're not good enough, you're not a gal, who would wear this kind of thing? He, but now I keep them. Uh, 
because my my dryer, the door doesn't shut all the way. So that elasticity helps with the, uh, keeps it shut, keeps it shut. So the light doesn't go off. You're like the Columbo of fixing things, which might, when I say that out loud, might be just a handy person. Do you mean MacGyver or? No, the guy who said, one more thing. And one more thing. You know where, you guys have seen Columbo where he, he's like, uh, he's in a trench coat and he turns around and he's like, oh, one more thing. One more thing. I got one more thing. And then the one more thing is, you murdered her, you sick son of a bitch. Yeah. Can you do me a, a real quick favor? Hmm. I need, just for the full impression, I'm going to need you to speak like two, three sentences. Instead of just saying one more thing, I'm going to need to hear like, do the, do the full last, you know, after, from one more thing on, do that full thing for us. Because I got to tell you, I got goosebumps. All right. Um, uh, all right. Well, good. Uh, good luck, Mr. Reynolds. Uh, have a great weekend. And one more thing. You killed her. Oh, my God. I thought Peter Faulkner? What's Fonda? Peter Feller. Peter Feller. I thought he was in the room. That was uncanny. I'm so, I have to be honest, I'm so attracted to him. He, he can't see out of one eye, I think, as a choice, and the other one is, go, is going. And he doesn't care. Talk about being comfortable in your own skin. Columbo? Oh, and then they don't fake figure- them like him no more. They don't. Now, Scoobs, I know you're a big Dateline fan like I am. Oh, of course, of course. Holy cow. I, but it's true. I was blown away. I thought I was at the theater. That was incredible. Oh it, it's, it's, I, I don't know how I found out I could do it. I think it was just, I get so excited for the end of the episode where you say, one more, one more thing. And I just started saying it along with him. And then I guess what I didn't realize is I was really honing it. It's in your ear. You got, it's in there. It's like in there for good. And it's, it's not going anywhere. And also I think it's beautiful of you to refer to him in present tense as if, you know, he's still alive. And could you picture a sexier Peter fella than the one in uh, The Princess Bride who's reading to his grandkid? It, they should have just brought it all full circle, you know, that I thought the story was over and then he turns around and goes, and one more, and one more thing! You just, you got it, Pat. Whatever you got, you got it. Yeah, I might sign up for a class or something. I don't know. Good for you. You should. Do that one where you learn how to make mosaics. Oh, no, I was thinking about performing. There's an on-camera class starting up, and it said anybody can do it, and I'm going to learn how to um, be on camera. Now, you know, I took one of those. I took one of those uh, on-camera on classes, and uh, I got to tell you, the guy, for the price of the, of the workshop, oh, boy, the guy was wearing short pants. And he kept just uh, eating this, uh, what is that, uh, like microwave popcorn and kept saying, you are enough. You are enough. You are enough. And uh, that was it. Now, I love that you both did that. I was going to take, you're going to never believe me. This is, it almost feels embarrassing to say out loud. I was going to take an improv class over the summer and I paid my money. And then. That's a front. Just be careful because I read that's a front. Well, the theater closed, but they didn't refund my money. What the frick? That's a front. What the frick? It's a front. And it's always been a front for um, 
middle-aged men to um, have studio apartments. Wow. So the money goes for these middle-aged men to have... Studio apartments. No. How many studios? Can't even imagine how many studio apartments. You know, it's that, cargo shorts, you know, um, T-shirts from different cities with the name of the cities, and then it says Improv Fest on it. Yes. I've seen these these guys, and I've uh, seen them at uh, Caribou Coffee over there uh, reading the internet all day. And uh, talking to their girlfriend, saying that they was writing. Uh huh. You know what else? You know what else I saw when uh, uh, when my eldest niece started college. She used to go to watch uh, improv shows, and they they all had uh, really stupid names like um, Twenty Five Cent Zing Night, or you know. I don't know. That one sounds pretty good to me. You like that one? Yeah, not bad. Maybe I was hot on that one, you know. But to me, it's like. Come on, what are you? What are you? That's it. Grow up. You know, get a life. These are all Aunt Scoob's uh, classics. And when we met you, you were working security at the People's Court. And I'll never forget because, you know, Megs and I, we we'd signed up to be in the audience. We couldn't have been more excited. And you read us nearly the riot act because we hadn't put our phones in the bags that went around. And you came at us and I... I got to tell you, first, I was so afraid of you. And then I was so mad at you. And then I was like, I respect her. Was already, you know, kind of emotional to be at the People's Court. Sure. For a couple of reasons. One, I miss Judge Wapner. Sure. I miss Doug Llewellyn. The bailiff? No, he was the, he was the announcer. And uh, I also miss this. You guys remember this? Ba-dum, bump, bump, bump. That was, if I were ever to get married... That was, before, you know, when it was popular, I was like, oh, my God, I want that to be what I walked down the aisle to. Seems like you're setting up a dramatic relationship if you have the people's court theme playing while you're walking down the aisle. It really is suspenseful. But I got to say, you know, I know that that day we didn't see Judge Wapner, which you kept saying Wapner under your breath and I had to keep jabbing you in the ribs. Hey, please pipe down with Wapner. This is horrifying. We had been drinking. We had mimosas. But I will say Judge Millian has truly grown on me. And yeah. I think that she is really tough. And now you work with her somewhat, yeah. right? Security works with uh, the Judge Millian. And you said you, you spoke very highly of her, Anscoops. I've uh, only got one million great things to say about Millian. Oh, my God. She is fantastic. She came to my house one night after I had gotten my liver surgery. And she said... This basket's for you. Now, I could lift the basket, but it sat out there. And every time I looked out the friggin' window, I said, I am cared for. I am loved. Oh, I loved the wow chips. Guys, you know that about me. I love friggin' wow chips. And it was just a basket full of Alestra. I friggin' love it. They still make those, huh, Olene? Oh, sh- uh, with the connects that Millian's got? Yeah, they still make those. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you could see there is a, um, it's still in operation. Okay. Oh, boy. Just a little uh, court humor. No, I love it. Raz my ass raw. Now, listen. Can you tell me, did you make up the one million thing just now on the spot? Because that was so good. I almost dropped my pen. Thank you. I mean, it's not a 25 cent zing night. I know that. Well, I didn't make that up. Do you ever feel like, Scoobs, like you are um, truly, um, 
I know all the parts of you. I know the the really soft emotional scoops. But I when, when we met, I met the really tough, you know, tough, yeah. hard, hard, crusty outside of you. Yeah. Um, do you ever find that hard when you're um? You know, we've talked a little bit before outside the podcast about dating and meeting people. Do you ever find that hard to um, reconcile, you know, with people? Because, man, I tell you what, the, the journey of getting to know you and seeing that soft side has been worth it in spades. But, I, I, you know, I don't know how tough that is for you as a, as a tough lady. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Pat. It is hard because uh, everybody, think that's, everybody uh, thinks that's how I am 24-7. And no one can be like that. Uh, honestly, I'm flashing back to the day I met you gals. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to be tough. You know, I had to scream, cut it out at a couple of grown ladies in line. I don't want to. And that's on me. That is on me. I was drunk. I was power hungry. I was looking for Wapna in all the wrong places. And I'm sorry about that. Mix, I accept and I hope you'll forgive me. It's just, uh, oh. it's tough being hot. It's tough being so uh, crusty on the outside. Let me tell you something about you, okay? Okay. Number one, you were doing your job. I was being an ass. You were doing your job. You are good at your job. Never let people make you think that you are mean or less than because you were just doing your job. May I just say, that was also the day that Megs, I don't know where this came from, you kept saying, fart, fart, lemonade, round the corner, hand grenade. I don't know where that came from or what it was with the context of it. And I was like, well, we're cruising for a bruising here. We're about to spend hours taping the people's court. Fart, fart, lemonade, round the corner, hand grenade. What is that in reference to? Pat, that's what I was asking myself. And I heard grenade and I said, that's a weapon. That's a weapon. I'm going to have to let the team know. I mean, to be fair, I should have tried and while we were lying, try to get and ordered some coffee or something because it was a real, you know, we were on a trip and we were trying to have a good time and vacation energy came out. Normally, that's me to be to be honest with you. Normally, that's me. I think, oh, let's put a couple road sodas in my bag, you know, and just see how it goes. But, you know, Mags was so excited and it really came out in an unexpected way. You did say, which I thought was so this is what the thing that really snapped her to was when you said, I will scalp you. And that really got her thinking because you had been up to that point firm, but you know, professional. When you said, I will scalp you, Mm -hmm. see, you knew exactly what to say because that really disarmed her. Uh, I don't know if anyone has has ever said that to Mags before. Probably not. Um, I will say that um, that day was a little more complicated because I had just gotten that new fishing knife and uh, I was pretty proud of it. I was pretty proud of it. I wanted to brag on it a little bit. I wanted to show it. So um, maybe I went for the most insane thing I could say to her. But uh, it was mostly because I wanted to brag on the knife. And you kept calling that, what is that, a fillet knife? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a beautiful knife. Thank you. You you go fishing a lot? Because we'd love to go. Would you? Would you? Because I don't want any complaining about how it stinks or that the, the, you know, cast is too hard to hold. I don't want to hear it. That's my, that's my uh, happy time. Okay, now, I just walked into something, and I feel like I owe an ex- explanation. Uh, I had to go to the bathroom because I almost just peed my pants. And the thing about that is I must have been so drunk for the... For the PC, you know, the people's court. I'm PC. 
so drunk because you know I don't like that word. I don't ever say that word. For me, and I don't love hand grenades. And, you know, I don't love explosives. As a rule, I don't love explosives. So there was, there, there must have been so much going on. I owe everybody an apology for that, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that's how you met me because hopefully I have done something to um, ingratiate myself to you um, and to earn your respect. You have. Megs, of course, I know you now, but back then when you were saying that and you were eating these little mini packets of mayo, I was like, this lady, knowing what I know about you now, that's not your condiment of choice. I know that. Hate it. I hate mayonnaise. It is like my least favorite thing. Mayonnaise and mustard. Pat, tell her. I didn't even know where she'd gotten those packets. I turn around. She's squeezing mayonnaise in her mouth. I thought, ugh, let's just call it, you know? But I was so, we were both so jazzed. But yeah, I've never, she, she always says, she, she'll order something like soup and she'll be like, mayo on the side, just in case. She doesn't want the mayo. She just wants to make sure that whatever she orders, the mayo comes on the side, which I'm always confused about also, Megs. Um, you could also just say no mayo, but you're always sitting on the side. Is that in case you all of a sudden change personalities? No, but here's the thing. It's not always just about me. So if I'm with somebody, which, you know, 50-50 chance I'm with somebody, uh, usually a friend, less of a chance I'm with somebody romantically. But just in case, I want somebody to have an option. If I don't, just because I don't like it doesn't mean nobody should have it. So, yeah, I'll say on the side. And then whoever I'm with, I'll say, this is horrifying. It disgusts me to no end. Would you like it? That reminds me, Scoobs, are you still on disability? Oh, yeah, I'm breaking it. I'm living it up. Well, to be fair, your liver was a major situation. And the surgery was very painful and intrusive. And it was a long recovery. And, you know... You deserve disability for that. Thank you, Megs. And I have to assume that a couple of the accidents while I was there doing security is what led to the uh, liver failure. Now, I want to... Necrosis. Oh, did you say this? Your liver was necrotic? What'd you call me? Necrotic. Was your liver dead? Did your liver die? It died, and it, they just took it out, and it uh, seemed like I was doing fine without it. So uh, I guess I'm living YOLO. What? You only lose only? No, that's you only get one life to live. You only got one life to live. One? Oh, you only. You only live once. You, you only love once, mm-hmm. and I hope not. Because uh, I don't want it to end with a uh, dunkel. Do fill in dunkel. Well, you know, I would have done anything to uh, impress my husband at the time, Randy Dunkel. And uh, that's my mistake. Now, little known fact, unless people pay very close attention to this podcast, which I don't even know if people listen to it. But, you know, I had a coach. He was, at the time, a softball and basketball coach. His name was Bill Dunkel. He was the, he was the winningest uh, basketball coach in my, during my, uh, in our conference. And I'm not going to tell you which one, you rascal. But he had the license plate, Wild 80. Wild 80. And he was from Pittsburgh. Are they related? Does anybody in your family have that license plate? 
or I'm sorry, any anybody in your ex family. Thank you. They're dead to me now. Uh, they didn't have that one. They did have faux show ninety six. You ever you ever see that one? Faux show ninety six. Now, do you think that means for sure? I'm trying to do. I'm trying to pronounce. Really pop my my eyes there. Sure. Or shore. Oh, like the like I we definitely live by the shore. Right. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe. Or I do it all for the shore. Show. Well, it was for show. Does it mean for shore? That I cannot confirm, but I do know for sure. Ninety six was on the plate. Your Honor. Also, there's a bakery called Dunkles that has the best homemade sugar cookies you're ever going to find. And it's family run. Are you thinking of Dinkles? Dunkles. Winchels. Winchels. What is it? Winchels. Winchels. Maybe that is it. Yeah, they got great sugar cookies. Oh, hand decorated. And normally I would never buy sugar cookies. I'd make my own. But these... I don't know what goes in them. Probably lard. You know, if I bought my own lard, things would be different. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry, but uh, please don't say that remark about how it's the best thing you've ever had, uh, sugar cookies you ever had, until you come over see at Scoops. I'm telling you. Oh, my God. My nephews eat them by the friggin' plate. It's amazing. Speaking of Aunt Scoops, your first name to me is oh. Aunt and so your nephews are eating up these sugar cookies. Boy, is that Americana. Get out of here, Norman Rockwell, with your fucking turkey. You know who should be in that painting of the turkey and all those white people? It should be Aunt Scoobs giving sugar cookies to our beautiful nephews. Tell us about your nephews. Take us. Your nephews. Yeah. Fuck it. Aunt Scoobs, take us to your happy place. Uh, take us to your nieces and your nephews. What's that, Mix? I said take us to your nephews, too. Your nephews and nephews. Take us to both. Well, I got two nephews. They're a handful. Uh, as you know, Dip just graduated high school. And uh, Sutton is uh, just entering high school. Wow. What ages? The, the, um, your nephew who just graduated from high school. Are you worried about him going out into this world that we're currently living in? Setting him off into the, you know, it's, it feels like a Viking funeral. This is so dark, but sending yeah. him off into the world that we're living in is like, oh, good luck out there. Yeah, you can see there again. Uh, he is uh, so immature, but I, I, he's 24. So at this point, what do you do? You got to let him fly. Your hands are tied when they're 24. I know the, the public high schools won't take them anymore. Legally, yeah, sure. When he was born, was his birth given name Dip? And, follow-up to Potter, would you sing to him, I put my hand up on your hip when I dip? When I dip, you dip, we dip. Sure, sure. Uh, I did not. And that feels like a uh, missed opportunity. Why the frick did I not do that? Golly! It's never too late. Hey, it's never too late. Play the song for him. See how he reacts and then, you know, work it in. Nah, they don't, uh, they don't come by no more. They just, uh, you know, when they were younger, they'd come over, they'd uh, eat all the frozens out my dinner, uh, on my uh, freezer. And, and now they just, you know, they ain't got no time. 
That's how I, Scoops, that's exactly my life because I couldn't, I mean, these kids are robbing me blind, you know. They got into, um, you know, um, Meg's asked me to make a Venmo, you know, so that we could more fun, you know, oh, we went to the movies, so I, sure. this, that, and the other back and forth. It was kind of fun because you could put those emojis in there. And the kids got a hold of it. Turns out I've been Venmoing them every week, like it's payday, what still won't crap. come by. Yeah, yeah. What the crap? My kids, you know, they, uh, my little guys did that too. I had gotten them some scratches for Christmas. They got they had gotten used to trading it in. Then they started taking the scratches that I had scratched off out of my wallet. Then they're over there cashing in big prices. And I'm talking, Pat, I'm saying the $5 ones. Five, $10 ones. The ones that I only buy for myself as a special freaking treat. It's that you as an adult have earned that the kids haven't earned. I'll say that. You know, I, I've got none but love for the kids. You know, uh, Dip and Sutton are good kids. But the thing is, that it, this when sometimes, you know, being an aunt, it'll get you a bit, it's, it'll get you a bit right in your thunder buns because it's, they know you so well. They know how to look for things that you keep. They know your hiding spots. They know that you, they're going to know about you, Scoobs. They're like, oh, well, she's always got those scratch-offs. Even if they're just one or two dollar scratch-offs, she's got them. And we know where she keeps the good ones, too. Because exactly. you're so open and generous with, with, you know, all of us. We're so open and generous with our nieces and nephews. When they, can, when they come over, we say, you know, mi casa, su casa, uh, you know, or whatever language. And, you know, they know, they know where to go. What do you think is going to happen to Dip? I mean, you know, I got to ask myself sometimes a question about my nieces and nephews, which is, where is this going? Where are they headed? Because sometimes I'm like, ooh, this is dark, what I'm seeing. And, uh, you know, I got to change the locks. Because if this is still happening 10, 15 years from now, I'm going to tell you right now, I got to change the locks. I might move. And I still love them. I'll see them all the time. But I can't, I can't get followed home. It's... <laughs> Exactly. In fact, I started uh, moving my, you know, that big uh, dresser that I got uh, last summer. I started putting that in front of my friggin' door. That's how unsafe I feel in my own home. And yet, if they were to call, if I if if Dip were to call and say I'm in trouble, uh, wouldn't you know I'd come running? Wouldn't you know there'd be nothing to stop me? The you kids know? are the, they are the beneficiary of my life insurance that they talk me into. So, you know, you know, for a fact, I would give them anything. When I, when I die, there's a $2 million life insurance that's to the kids. I would give them anything. I would be penniless, but I'm terrified sometimes to fall asleep at night. I hear something at the window, scratch, scratch, scratch. Is it a tree or is it Jeremy scratching his way into my home to smother me? Now, two Quick questions for you. One, does Ron's name appear anywhere on this insurance policy? Be honest with me. Well, I haven't looked that hard at it, to be honest with you, because the kids... When did you do it? Well, it was shortly after the divorce, and uh, we'd all had an afternoon together, like a divorce, like going uh, Ron's going away party. So it was shortly after that. And... Okay, so what, I, what I'm hearing you say is take a closer look at my life insurance policy that may or may not have Ron's name on it. Check. Yes, because this is, for somebody who watches Dateline, there are two, three, there are three clues that your current or ex-husband is about to murder you. One, they dye their hair. Two, they buy a boat. Three, life insurance 
policy? First of all, that's a wig that Ron bought because of his, he has very weak follicles and he never knows how many are hanging in. Not the only weak thing about him. He's a weak son of a bitch. All right, Mags. All right, Mags. His hair's rejecting him because hair is innately good. And he is evil incarnate. He is a sick son of a bitch. And I swear to God, if God forbid something happens to you and one red cent, I don't understand that saying, but if one red cent goes to him, I will blow him up. I will wire him for explosives, and I will say to him, I will look him dead in the face, and I will say, Friggin' scalp ya! I will say, fought, fought lemonade around the corner, hand grenade, and I will end him, and I will be gleeful, and you will catch me being brought in by the police or shot down in a blaze of glory, knowing I have completed my life's one true purpose. How much is the disability that you get, Scoops? <laughs> That's rude. I shouldn't ask about money, but I'm curious because because your injury is very real, and I'm, I'm really glad that we have, you know, this country is... Um, uh, uh, what one of those? You know, you know, at a public place when they got those like giant um, metal barrels, and it's after a, a holiday weekend, and there's hot dog remnants and all, diapers and everything. If that catches on fire, that's the country that we live in. But it's nice that we do have these some of these uh, social services like disability, and I, I'm just really glad that you're able to, you know, um, recover, recuperate, and look for other work, uh, and and get paid for that because I think that's really important, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, as you know, I don't ask for much. I I like my scratches. I like my wow chips. I like my frozens and a couple of uh, Yankee candles. That's pretty much me. But uh, okay, boy, I feel like I can't go on. Uh, I got to tell you uh, that I needed that surgery because I uh, stabbed myself with my own knife. And I know that's not a good look, but uh, I need to come clean. Was it an accident or was it intentional or was it neither? And, you know, it was like that thing where that guy's demonstrating those swords and then cuts right into himself on, on uh, QVC. I guess it'd have to be more of the latter. I was bragging on my knife again. I, w- I put it up and I said, look, it can stand up. It can stand up without me even holding it. You guys know I love to do my uh, circle kick. You know, I love the circle kick. So I had a uh, ironing board out in the courthouse. I don't know. Some guy needed it for his freaking tie. I put a, I put the knife there. I said, look, it, it, it's, it's holding itself by itself. I did my circle kick on it. It fell right on the knife. So, uh, so if there's anyone to blame, I guess it's uh, me and me myself. Who said you had to blame anybody? There's nothing wrong with wanting to try something extraordinary, which it sounds like you were doing. Once I was at a hotel in a ballroom that was empty and a, an ironing board was also there. And my friend Kyle, he was a bunch of our friends were trying to jump over this ironing board. And my friend Kyle was like, I can do this. I'm going to try. And all of us were like, Kyle, no, don't. You're accident prone. Don't jump over the signing board. 
this is going to end in utter pain for you. And God bless him. He did not heed any warnings. And he ran and he uh, leapt and landed uh, just in the middle of the ironing board. And it really folded up right on him and it, it had hurt him. But you know what? The human spirit is something special because then later he drove us all home in a van and almost killed us all. And But not on purpose. But not on purpose. What is it with men named Kyle? Because I knew one who climbed into the rafters of this building, fell directly on his hip and had to be taken to the emergency room. I feel like Kyle, Kyle's have a weird, dangerous energy. Okay, wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. What is it with Kyle's? Okay, I got a friend named Kyle who one time in Hawaii, gorgeous setting, nice restaurant. Sitting there, we're all laughing, having a good time. This Kyle dings his head so hard into the glass. It breaks his skin on his forehead. He's bleeding. I I mean, what is with Kyle? Is it it like um, Evil Knievel? Like if your name's Kyle, you got to be like a daredevil? Maybe so. Maybe Kyle means like, um, you know, in a baby book, when they say this is the name and this is the origin, maybe the origin is, you know, like um, Ding Dong, you know, like uh, if you name your child this, you're bringing on them, which I think is very fun, like a can do it of energy, but they can't do it of, you know, it's 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 uh, a lot of confidence without necessarily the skill set. I mean, the personality, the disposition is there, but the actual being able to do it is lacking. Yeah, I and I, I think I speak for all of our Kyles when I say beautiful man. Oh, gorgeous spirit. This one was so tall and looked at you with his eyes. Oh, yeah. Sometimes they'll look at you right at you with with their eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. That gets me too. Now, let me, ask, let me ask this question real quick, Scoops. So you got these nephews. I feel like you and I might be in a similar type of boat, you know. Um, now, we might be, you know, in danger, which is fine. I get it. That's what being an aunt is, a little bit of being an aunt is being constantly in danger from these kids. Sure. Do you have any advice? You know, we actually got, if I may, um, we got a letter. And I'm going to read it really quickly. And, I, and, and Scoops, I would like for you to answer it from your perspective. Yeah. We got a letter from Lee. And she's a big fan of the show. Oh, my God, an aspiring aunt. God, love her to death. Uh, and she says, while my sister's not currently married, nor considering getting pregnant, I'm already very eager to meet my future boy, girl, and non-binary nieces. Sure. And to have an outlet for my ever-growing aunt energy. However, I know that being an aunt is a full-time job and responsibility I certainly do not take lightly. Aunt Pat and Megs and Aunt Scoobs, my question for you is, how do you know when you're truly ready to be an aunt? And when that day comes, how would you two suggest I inform my sister of my aunt-spirations? Wow, what a nice email. Thank you wow. for using the email, Lee. Uh, an aunt at heart, that's the way it's signed. So how would you answer that, Scoobs? Oh, boy. She, Lee is uh, bringing up something so special because uh, I don't know if you're ever friggin' ready. I don't know if I was ready when my two babies came, but um, wh- what I do know is that I I can say on my deathbed that those kids were cared for and that they were loved, and that's the greatest thing I could have done for them. They used to sleep on my long boobs, my long boobs. They would rest their whole bodies on them, and I'd rock them back and forth, and I said, only an ant can hold you like this. 
the only other woman besides your mother, that that would be acceptable. And here's what I say for when you want to tell your sister, you put your sister on your own long boobs, you rock her back and forth and say, I'm not only here for these kids, I'm also here for you. Also, I couldn't agree more. Also, get your shots ahead of time for whooping cough and stuff like that. You know, because that's like number one, you can't hold a baby if you don't have those shots. So get that done. Check, you know. But then also, you're so right. It's letting them know you're in a place to nurture. And I don't know if this is like a thing that's been studied, but long boobs is a prereq for being an aunt. Yeah. I think that's right. I would also say, you know, how do you, because she says, how do you, how do you, how do I, how does she tell her sister that she's ready? You know, part of it is I would say, hey, one of us here is an aunt and one of us here is a mother. And I'm going to tell you right now, like, that's how I felt, you know, with Carol. And I was like, well, hello, I'm an aunt. You're a mother. Let's get this train going. Because, you know, we don't have the great, greatest genes, you know, a lot of, a lot of our stock is so, you know, we got that skin where you can see the veins, you know, the veins show through really clear. It's a weakened, pale stock that we're from. And I don't know how many, yeah, Mags is showing, it's mostly blue, your skin. You look like one of those Avatar people. Um, yeah. yeah, a little bit. So I would just say, you know, one of you has got to get going. And I think it's only That's fair right. to say, look, I, this is going to be my life. I want to be an aunt. And if you don't get this thing going, you know, I'm going to die at some point. And how long will I have been an aunt? And I, and I just want to say, I feel like people are always waiting till it's right. But that's where you're not thinking about what you already bring, right? So my ass, hours of play. My legs, I forgot to tell you, when I lay on my stomach, I have the neighborhood kids draw maps and little mazes on my thighs and those kids will play for hours draw them on your thighs they get on they get under you they follow no 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 mags come on come on no one would survive that no no uh no they uh they're above me they're above me they are using my they're tracing my varicoses Okay. And then the next kid starts and, and he or she or they add add more of the of the mace, you know. That's beautiful. Thank you, Mags. The the human body is outstanding. I mean, speaking of, did you get a liver like 3D printed or how'd you know? Oh well, because I watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy and usually they're pretty true to life. Yeah. I, I kept making cracks about what is this going to be like, uh, no more ink or that, that there's some paper <laughs> jammed in the uh, load. Anyway, uh, anyway, I do. I had one of those 3D printers uh, liver. Yeah. That's amazing. Science is great. The future is now. Incredible. What were you guys talking about a fishing trip when I went to the bathroom before? Oh, crap. Now I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I'll fill you in, Megs. Uh, you know, when we were at people's court and I'm, when I, I say that as though you would remember that trip, you were acting up and, you know, um, Aunt Scoops was so, you know, she started off really professional, but then she did have to tell you, I will scalp you. 
And that's the only thing that you had responded to. And she also had the goods to back it up because she had just bought that nice fish, that filleting knife that she had bought uh, for fishing. I'm not proud of that. I'm not proud of that day. You know, I, I don't often lose control. And, I mean, it's fun to have, like, if we went on vacation, you know, you and I go to enchiladas and, and we throw back some margaritas or we go to Margaritaville or, you know, whatever, we, we're going to party. That's one thing. But I don't often lose control. So the fact that she felt she had to, oh, you're back. The fact that you felt you had to potentially remove my hair from my scalp uh, or my scalp from my head, I don't know what the procedure is. I, I apologize for that. But I'm thrilled that you got a good knife for fishing, but I'm, I'm, you know, if we don't use this podcast as an opportunity to learn about ourselves, what are we doing with it? And I've learned, you know, for somebody who doesn't think she misbehaves often, our origin story as friends was based on me getting drunk and rowdy at the people's court. You are not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. We're not proud of it, but we can be proud of us. We can be proud of where we've come. And let me tell you something. I was only mad because those, you were being a little fast and loose with the uh, mayo. And uh, guess who had to clean that up? I was on that cleanup duty that day. And we had just friggin' changed from a name brand cleaner to a no name cleaner. So I guess I was pissed about that more than anything. You are well within your rights. To be mad at me, I was being careless with mayo, which who thought that statement would ever come out of my mouth? And also, might I add, I'm the type of person where we talked about this. We we go places where they throw peanuts on the floor. I can't bring myself to do it. I have been known to grab one of those brooms and dustpans that you push down on the ground and sweep up around me to help out the other servers or whatever. I don't like to make a mess. I don't like to make people who are barely making a living wage clean up after me. And I certainly don't like to make a scene in the bad way. I like to make a scene when we go do karaoke and I'm singing a song and people love it. Voice like a friggin' angel. The voice on you, Megs. I swear to God, I hope you can sing at my uh, communion. Oh, you're still planning on doing that? Yeah, I think so. I think that's so fun. Oh, my God. I think that's going to be so fun. A real party. Now, is that again, because as as maybe I've never even said here, you know, I was brought up in the wasp church of just, you know, speaking of mayonnaise, uh, like a mayonnaise church where everyone's white and everyone looks exactly the same. And, uh, you know, God is love and yada, yada, yada. But there's still so much shame. But anyway, um, so the communion. Now, is that going to, you're going to get dunked? You have to go into the water? That's No, that's baptizing. What's this one? Well, this is uh, with a bunch of Presbyterians. And they're going to put their hands on me, I think. And I'm going to listen to uh, a couple things. And I got to recite the uh, Apostles' Creed. I always want to say Apollo Creed. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you, Bags. I thought I was about to. When you are doing this, you take your first Holy Communion in when you were a Catholic at, at second grade. So what's making you do it now? And what's the process? Do you have to take classes with second graders? Uh, actually, in the Presbyterian Church, they do it at eighth grade. 
So I'm in class with a bunch of my peers who are in eighth grade. Um, Shout out to them. Trevor, sorry that it's hard to uh, learn on Zoom. I'm with you. Yeah, so I'm learning. I'm loving. I'm getting uh, what I didn't get back in eighth grade. I'm so happy for you. And you know what? We've we've had this conversation before. I think you're doing the right thing because you're doing a lot of things for Aunt Scoobs. And when the day comes that you feel like you might want to meet someone else, I just want to say, you know, you always have wing ladies uh, who care about you so much, who just want to see you be really happy and content. And, you know, I would want you to find someone who really appreciates both your softness that we've gotten to know from you, but also can really appreciate that outside of you, like... You know, I don't know if we'd be having this conversation if you didn't threaten to remove, you know, Mags's um, head skin from her skull, because that really resonated with with me. And I thought, oh, if if only I had five percent of that, you know, I wouldn't be, um, you know, I would I didn't I wouldn't have to declare bankruptcy a few years ago. I love that about you. Yeah. See, Pat, I was talking to Scoops. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I know it's a painstaking process, but Scoops, I love that about you because you had a vision. You put it out in the ether. You said it. You know, I want to remove the hair and scalp from this woman's brain and head. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's something that was a, that was a game changer. You know, that was a game changer. It was. It woke me up. And I also want to say that, you know, there's no such thing as only being one type of person. It, it's like that Kathy Perry song. When you're, you're when you're hot, when you're hot and you're cold. Pat? When you're hot and you're cold, it's the weekend. I made mistakes. I'm running hot and I'm cold. That one, right? Yes. I'm yeah. doing Molly. Yes, that's the one. That's the Ugh. one. I, we got to try Molly one weekend. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, bring a lot of water. I'm curious. If, if you, uh, if you, let me know. Thank you. Thank you. Also, I want to say this. If you're a niece or a nephew or a gender non-conforming individual. I believe nibbling. Nibbling was the term, right? It's nibbling. I just learned that. My friend Kendall told me that. And um, so if you're a niece, a nephew, or a nibbling, then I want you to know that you don't have to do drugs. Just say no. Do what you feel is right. Be responsible. I go back and forth between being like, you know what, explore, expand your horizons, and being like, no, don't you do this. Don't you ever do this. Well, it- don't be like, don't be like me. And you're in your, you know, you're in your 40s and you get dosed somewhere and you've never had an experience like that. And you think, I'm going to heaven. I'm finally getting sucked into God's creation afterlife. Don't do that because a lot of people are like, you've never done this before, clearly. You are not to blame for that. You got dosed. You didn't dose yourself. Well, I was at a dosing party that I didn't really know about. I was there to get, and this is a six positive podcast. Okay, I'm just going to say this. I was there to get fingered. And that's all right. And that's all right. That's all right. I like what I like. Penetration. Look, we all have our stuff. Mine is very straight up classic penetration. And I'm not saying classic in a good way. I don't care how people get off. I think it's exciting to hear about different stuff. But man, oh man, just give me that straight up. I don't care if it's digital. I don't care if it's penile. I don't care if it's a different, it's a prop. It's a fun thing you have around the house. Is it clean? That's what I'd like to know. But yes, anyway, I did get, I got dosed at a finger party. And, but this was the cards I was dealt. When you say digital, do you mean like 
Finger digits, or do you mean like a tech, a piece of tech? Well, that I got to look into because at first, digital meaning fingers, but I will embrace tech if it embraces me. Yeah. Well, I did see a a porno once where a VCR gives it to a lady. So what? Messed her up with his uh, flap. The flap. Was the panoose? It was so shallow, but it did what it did. Wide, though. Girthy. But sure. Yeah. I don't know where I found that. I don't know. Do you guys remember when in the late 90s, the slogan for Sears was, uh, come see the softer side of Sears? Sure. Sure. I feel like that's what that's how we should release you into the new dating world, which is we should say, come see the softer side of Scoobs. And we should introduce you into the world and say, here she is. But be aware, if you think you're going to have a filthy dick and you're going to cheat and skank around and you're going to find somebody with thong pantyhose, then you, then you know what? You need not apply. See yourself out. If you think you're going to hurt Scooby, See yourself out. See yourself out of this podcast. You can see yourself out of this relationship. You can see yourself out of life because you don't hurt her. You can't spell Chappaquiddick without dick. Is that right? Is the last... Is there a K on that? I don't know why you're looking into it so hard. May I just say, Pat, I have to say, when I when I think about how you just like to be penetrated and no warm-up... It's like an Olympian who doesn't stretch before the main event. And boy, some could say that that's actually more pleasurable because the, the risk of injury is so high. I'll, I'll tell you this. It's not always a walk in the park, but I get to where I'm going. We never get lost. You know, I don't know why they say a walk in the park because one time I got hit in the head with a brick. Just walking around at the park. No one... No one climbed up to it either. I love your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. And we have fun. We have fun. Yeah. Came up with the phrase, a walk in the park. Mm-hmm. An easy thing was a fit man. Because, first of all, you don't know what the train is in that park. What if it's hilly? Secondly, what if you're a woman by yourself? Do you feel so safe? Exactly. So that's not easy. Ugh, you know what's not easy? Wrapping up. Yet here we are. What a blast. I did not want to be on the radio show, but uh, this is a blast. I want to say uh, thanks for having me. And thanks for making my sandpaper just a little softer. And uh, come by the Halloween party at the church. Yeah, uh, Pat, are you going to dress up for Halloween? I am. What are you going to be? I am going to be uh, Tipagore. Yeah, that is so much fun. That is so much fun. I have newfound respect for her and Al, and she got, uh, I think, done a little bit dirty. Is she square? Is she a problem? Yeah, but I'm going to do her fun. I might do, like, Flippagore, like where she's a dolphin that's married to Al Gore, which makes more sense because he's such an environmentalist. So it might be Flippagore, and I know, ugh, I can't go to a party with anyone under the 52 because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but it's on my list. Oh, you know what I'm going to go as? I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm torn between two things, okay? Uh, one is a bottle of barbecue sauce. But hear, hear me out. It's going to be, I'm going to be uh, 
Casey masterpiece. So it's going to be a bottle of barbecue sauce and then a picture of that painting, The Kiss by Klimt. So it's a, it's a Casey masterpiece. You got it. And the other one was, this one I'm just kicking around with, the Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. I'll be there in my costume I wear every year, tuna sandwich. You dress it up like a tuna sandwich? Yep. Sexy? Is there mayonnaise in there? Cause... Oh, sweet. It's all mayonnaise. <laughs> Do you not know what a tuna fish sandwich is? I hate tuna fish. I hate tuna fish. I hate mayonnaise. There's nothing appealing in a tuna fish sandwich. Sometimes people even put celery in there. That's an all for three. You need the crunch. You need, because otherwise it's just um, the same consistency. Cream, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need the celery for some crunch in there. That's disgusting. Here, watch this. Watch what I say this to Megs. Scoops, watch this. You could put corn in there. She hates it. Oh, God. You've never had Mexican street corn. Yeah, hello. I've made my own, except instead of corn, I've used a veggie patty. And instead of a, a mayonnaise, I've used creme fraiche. And it didn't taste anything like a low taste. Uh, oh, fuck. The fact that Scoobs did not tear you a new asshole from you saying that just goes to show the many facets of Aunt Scooby. And, you know, again, you are another blessing in our life. I love you both so much. Love you, Scoops. Love ya. Love you too. Watch your ass. Love you, Megs. Wash your ass. Love you, Pat. Did you say wash? I always do. She said watch. Okay. Wash it. Hi. Thank you for listening to Those Who Ants, a Baby Makers podcast starring Colleen Doyle as your Aunt Pat and Dana Garcioli as your Auntie Megs. If you liked this podcast, you have to subscribe, rate, and review us. Aunt Scoobs was played by the minx of all minxes, Mary Sohn. Mary plays Mary Wagner on AP Bio, which you can watch on Peacock. Our theme song was performed by the Q's, and you can follow them at the Q's Music on Instagram. Follow Those Who Ant on Instagram and Twitter, and if you have any questions for the ants, as always, email us at those who at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. You gotta stay healthy. You gotta wear a mask. And for God's sakes, you gotta call your aunt. <laughs>